Blue Wire. Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Jason takes it himself, look at him dart back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles, he is Houdini. Watson stays on his feet, throws on the run, touchdown, Watson, a magician. Mahomes winds it up, wide open as Hill. Welcome to the My Sports Update Football Podcast. I am your host, Ari Merov. We are back with another episode, returning after the divisional round, which featured another upset with the Baltimore Ravens going down. The Chiefs came back from down 24-0 to beat the Texans. The Packers proved all the doubters wrong by coming out and beating the Seahawks while the 49ers steamrolled over the Minnesota Vikings. In this episode, we'll look ahead to the championship Sunday. But before we get to that, we'll talk about some major breaking news that happened on Tuesday night with Luke Keekley announcing his retirement from the NFL. The Browns also finally hired a head coach. There was another big retirement in football and we'll touch base on a couple of other topics as well. Here we go with the My Sports Update football podcast. We're going to start off this week with the big news that dropped on Tuesday night. It was a bombshell at around 8.30 p.m. Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley is retiring from the NFL at the age of 28. One of the best, if not the best, linebacker in the NFL. Calls it a career after eight seasons. He made it to seven Pro Bowls. He was first team All-Pro five times. He was the Rookie of the Year in 2012. The very next year, he was the Defensive Player of the Year. His 1,092 career tackles in his eight seasons were the most in the NFL during that span. His 18 interceptions were the most amongst linebackers during that stretch. You know, he didn't exactly tell us why he's retiring. In the video posted by the Panthers social media team, he said that he wants to play. He always plays fast, physical, and strong, and he doesn't believe he can do that anymore at this point in time in his career. I'll never forget that one night, it was a Thursday night game, when Luke Keekley went down and he was crying on the field as he was being carted off with a concussion. It was a very, very scary moment. It was heartbreaking. I believe anyone who was watching that live was worried that night. If you're a parent, you probably told yourself that I'll never allow my son to play football after seeing that. Um, In his career, Luke Keekley had three documented concussions. That doesn't mean he only had three. He might have had more for all we know, but the Panthers medical team might not have known about it. And that could very well be the reason why Keekley is retiring. We all know about concussions. They're no joke. We've all seen the documentaries about them. Very, very scary stuff. Keekley's had a number of them over the course of his career. He's made enough money playing football. He's created a legacy as one of the great linebackers to play the game in the 2000s. So it was just time for him to call it a career. Why risk anything else? He's done enough playing football. 
ball. He's made the money. He's done what he's got to do. Good for him for calling it a career. If that is the reason for why he is stepping away, I'm not sure if he's going to have a press conference addressing the retirement and answering questions as to why he is retiring. But as of right now, that is probably the most likely scenario as to why he is doing it. A couple of great stories have come out about Luke Kuechly since he announced his retirement from the NFL. I wanted to share them here because they are just so fascinating. First of all, Captain Munderland, the former Panthers cornerback, he spent a few seasons with Luke Keekley in Carolina, and he had this story to say. Keekley, in his first four years in the NFL, did not have cable in his house because he didn't want it to be a distraction from watching film and studying that week's opponent. So that just comes to show you just how how seriously Luke Keekley took his craft and how he was just so well prepared for his opponent week in and week out. Another great story from Ron Rivera, the Panthers head coach. It was Christmas Eve in the Panthers facility. Nobody was there except for Luke Keekley. He was in the linebacker's room and he was studying and watching film for that week's game. And Ron Rivera told Keekley to get out of the building and go enjoy himself. Um, he kicked him out. He literally kicked him out of the building and he told him, dude, it's Christmas Eve. Why are you still here so late watching film? Again, the guy was always well prepared. Fans don't get to see all the work that players do over the course of the week leading up to game day. We all just see the players come and show up for the game. But the amount of work that goes on during the course of a week, especially for quarterbacks, especially for the leaders of the defense, like a guy like Luke Keekley, those guys spend endless hours on um, in the in the in the video room watching film and preparing for that week's opponent a perfect example of that is Luke Keekley he was always very very well prepared and Luke Keekley now joins a number of players who have retired early mostly due to injuries and concerns um, Gronk and Andrew Luck both retired last year at the age of 29. Patrick Willis retired at the age of 30. Calvin Johnson retired at the age of 30. So did Cam Chancellor and Doug Waldwin. And now Luke Keekley retires as well and joins them on that list, retiring at the age of 28. The game of football will miss Luke Keekley. The Panthers obviously have a new head coach in Matt Rule. We'll talk more about them later on here in the episode. But a very, very, very big big move in the NFL a shocking development that occurred on Tuesday night Luke Keekley is no longer in the NFL Meanwhile, around the NFL, another player also retired on Tuesday, and that is former Chargers tight end Antonio Gates. Gates played all 16 seasons of his career with the Chargers. His 116 touchdowns are the most ever in the NFL history by a tight end. He is the Chargers' all-time leader in receptions and receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. An eight-time Pro Bowler, a three-time first-team All-Pro. His story is absolutely absolutely incredible I'm sure you've heard it but let's just say it again anyways because it is that great he didn't play football in college he wanted to be a basketball player he was told after after spending those years playing basketball in college he was told he didn't have enough to make it in the NBA he ends up working out in front of NFL scouts and the Chargers sign him as an undrafted free agent and the rest is history it is really amazing to me that the Chargers could 
couldn't win a Super Bowl or let alone make a Super Bowl during those days with Philip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates. That trio was absolutely dangerous and the fact that they couldn't make it to a Super Bowl is really, really crazy. Um, the trio was just so deadly, but always the Patriots were in their way. He'll be in the Hall of Fame in five years. Another player who is going to be in the Hall of Fame but is not retiring from the NFL is Larry Fitzgerald. On Wednesday, he announced that he is returning for a 17th season in the NFL. Fitzgerald is already number two all-time in receiving yards, but he wants to keep it going. No wide receiver in NFL history has played 17 or more seasons with one team. Larry Fitzgerald will be the very first one to do that. And from what it sounds like, Larry really, really enjoyed playing last season with Kyler Murray, with Cliff Kingsbury in that offense. The offense was very, very explosive. Not many people get to watch the Cardinals. They weren't on primetime at all last year. Um, Just like Antonio Gates, it stinks that Larry doesn't have a Super Bowl. That 08 season with Kerr Werner was so magical. One of the best postseason performances for any player in NFL history, but they fell short losing to Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. Again, Fitzgerald came close in 2015, but they lost to Carolina in the championship game. We'll get at least one more season of Larry Legend in 2020. We don't expect him to win a Super Bowl in Arizona. Um, That team still has a lot of work to do, but there is a lot of excitement in Arizona for what they are building there with Kyler Murray and with with Cliff Kingsbury. Alrighty, so that takes care of all the retirements and all the almost retirements that we had in the NFL over the last couple of days. Moving on to the NFL head coaching cycle, which officially came to a close on Sunday when the Browns hired Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski to be their new head coach. And the Browns hope that this hire can actually work out, unlike all the other hires that they have made over the years. In the Browns building last year, I know I've said this before, but in the Browns building last year, there were people who wanted to hire Kevin Kevin Stefanski over Freddie Kitchens. There were others, including John Dorsey, who wanted to hire Kitchens, and John Dorsey ultimately got what he wanted in hiring Kitchens. We all know by now Kitchens did not work out. He was fired. John Dorsey parted ways. And when they brought back Stefanski for another interview this year, Stefanski once again blew them away. He impressed them with his analytics, with his vision for the team, how to move forward, how to develop Baker Mayfield, and how to get the Browns back to winning. And essentially, the Browns fell in love with him, and they decided to hire him over guys like Josh McDaniels, over a guy like Robert Sala, who, uh, who the defensive coordinator in San Francisco. They end up hiring Kevin Stefanski as their head coach. And I know many people are looking at Saturday's playoff game versus the 49ers and how Stefanski's offense struggled mightily. And while that is true, if you look at the big picture, the Vikings averaged 25 points per game this past season. We also saw Kirk Cousins have a great year. 
Dalvin Cook was sensational. At one point this season, Kirk Cousins was in that MVP conversation. And remember, last year, the Packers, they hired Matt LaFleur to be their head coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the mediocre Titans offense. And many people criticized the Packers for going in that direction. And look at them now. Matt LaFleur is in the NFC Championship game and one win away from being in the Super Bowl. Stefanski was in Minnesota for 14 years. He was their quarterback coach in 2017 and 2018. He became the full-time offensive coordinator this past season. He had success, as we just talked about. And the thing about Stefanski that people have to understand, he was there for 14 seasons, and the Vikings had a number of different coaches during those 14 years, and each coach that the Vikings brought in retained Stefanski on their staff. So clearly, those coaches liked him enough to keep him and not go in a different direction and look to hire someone else. That says a lot about him. And this is just part one of many moving parts for the Browns this offseason. They still have to hire a general manager. That process is going on right now as we speak. Does Odell want to be there? Is still a big question. I think that will be a big topic this offseason as well. They will also have some key free agents, including Joe Schobert and Demarius Randall. So the head coach is in, and there's a lot more to come in Cleveland this offseason. I want to shift back to the Panthers. As I said before, the Luke Kuechly news is going to dominate the headlines in Carolina. But before that happened, there was some other big news that happened in Carolina with the Panthers when they hired LSU passing game coordinator Joe Brady to be their new offensive coordinator. Brady is just 30 years old. He is one of the main reasons for LSU's offensive explosion this past season. Joe Burrow, who is going most likely going to be the number one overall pick to the Bengals, he threw for 60 touchdowns. They obviously won the national championship the other night. Owner David Tepper is opening up his pockets and paying the big bucks. We all know about Matt Rule getting that big seven-year deal to be the head coach. Now Joe Brady comes in and he is more than likely getting a nice payday to leave LSU and join Matt Rule's staff in Carolina. Who knows who will be the Panthers head coach next, who will be the Panthers quarterback next season, excuse me, but the offense with McCaffrey, with DJ Moore, who has emerged as one of the best young receivers in football. They have Curtis Samuel as well. There are pieces on this offense for them to be an explosive and dangerous and a very, very exciting offense with this new coaching staff. A lot of questions still to be answered with this team, especially at the quarterback position. Will it be Cam Newton or will it be somebody else? But what the Panthers are building here on their coaching staff is something very, very exciting with Matt Rule and Joe Brady at the helm there in Carolina. Moving on to Championship Sunday, just three games here remaining in the football season with two of them coming up here on Sunday. It all gets started with the Titans and Chiefs. The Chiefs are coming off that incredible comeback victory 
over the Texans on Sunday while the Titans are coming off the upset win over the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday. The Titans and Chiefs actually played each other in week 10. It was one of the best games of the year and it was really the game that put Ryan Tannehill and the Titans on the map as a possible contender in the AFC. They came back in the fourth quarter with a Ryan Tannehill touchdown to Adam Humphreys. The Chiefs game tying field goal attempt was blocked with three seconds remaining. The Titans won and that is really when all the magic started for Tennessee. The Chiefs though on the other hand have not lost a single game since that day versus the Titans. This is a completely different Chiefs offense. It's a different Patrick Mahomes. He was returning from a dislocated kneecap that game. The Chiefs defense is a completely different defense. It is a much better defense. The offense, it's in a rhythm. Again, it's just a completely different team from what it was that day versus the Titans. As for the Titans, the recipe has been to control the ball and to feed Derrick Henry. For the Chiefs to have a chance to stop that, they need to have Chris Jones playing after he missed last week with a calf injury. And he is day-to-day right now. Derrick Henry has 588 rushing yards in his last three games. Chris Jones missing that game last week versus Carlos Hyde. It wasn't as much of a big deal as it would be if he's missing a game versus Derrick Henry who comes up the middle like a truck and is ready to run you over. The Chiefs need him to be out there on Sunday versus Derrick Henry and the Titans. This game is set to be a very, very, good, very, very good game. And if you look back at the start of the regular season, who would have thought that the Tennessee Titans would be in the AFC Championship game? What they've been able to do so far with Mike Vrabel, their head coach. He has done a tremendous job leading this team. Arthur Smith in his first year as offensive coordinator has done a great job calling the plays, went to run, went to throw. A.J. Brown has been spectacular in his rookie season. What this team has done has been just a blueprint for what other teams should do moving forward um, next year. If you have a great running back, feed your running back. You don't have to throw the ball 40 times. What they've been able to do has been fun to watch and obviously all of Tennessee is hoping that it continues this week versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Moving on to the other game on Sunday, it is the Packers and 49ers in Santa Clara. Both these teams faced off in week 10 and that was a 49ers blowout win on Sunday Night Football. It was a 37-8 final score. Just utter domination by San Francisco. Green Bay looking for revenge this time around in the NFC Championship game. For the 49ers, last week against Minnesota, they ran the ball 47 times. And that is even though they have George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders, Kyle Shanahan will run the ball, he'll pass the ball, he can do whatever he wants with this offense and he'll make it work. Their defense last time they faced Green Bay, they held Devontae Adams to 43 receiving yards. Aaron Rodgers was held to 104 passing yards. Richard Sherman is still one of the best corners in the in, in the game. But just like the Chiefs, since that loss versus the 49ers, the Packers have won 
every single game since from week 13 all the way until last week versus the Seahawks. They are on fire. Aaron Rodgers in a rhythm as well. Matt LaFleur is pushing all the right buttons. Again, this is a very different team than what they were in week 12 when they went to San Francisco to face the 49ers. The other thing about this game which makes the 49ers look even better is when they faced off in week 12, the 49ers were without Joe Staley. They were without D. Ford, and they were without Quan Alexander. All three of those players are going to be playing this week. Just makes them even better than what they were back then when they won 37-8. Expect this game as well to be a great game both these teams and again it's uh, speaking of the 49ers one more thing about them where they were last year to where they are this year just shows how great the NFL is. At this time last year, the 49ers had the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Boom, one offseason goes by. They draft Nick Bosa. They make some free agent signings. And here they are in the NFC Championship game with a chance to be in the Super Bowl. The Packers at this time last year, they didn't have a head coach. They were looking for um, their next head coach. They got Matt LaFleur. They made some signings in the offseason. Aaron Rodgers became Aaron Rodgers once again, and here they are in the playoffs as well, one game away from the Super Bowl. Things change in the NFL on a year-to-year basis. If your team stunk last year, it doesn't mean they can get back into things the very next year. The Packers and the 49ers are perfect examples of that. That does it for this week's My Sports Update football podcast. It really is crazy to me that there are only three games left in the football season. The season just goes by so fast every year. So two games this week, then the Super Bowl, and then all the offseason madness gets underway. All the coaching vacancies have been filled with Matt Rule in Carolina, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, Ron Rivera in Washington, Mike McCarthy in Dallas, and Joe Judge with the New York Giants. So that takes care of all of that. We're still watching all the college players declare for the NFL draft. It continues to trickle in as they have a couple of days remaining for them to declare. As always, one final reminder before I sign off, you can find the My Sports Update football podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, R19, wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. For more sports podcasts, visit BlueWirePods.com. There are over 80 sports podcasts on there, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, um, whatever it is you can find it there i'm happy to be involved with them they do a lot of great work i am your host ari merov i'll be back with another episode next week enjoy championship sunday enjoy your weekend i'll see you next week